And domestic violence is a very, very complex issue. You think that, you know, there's a certain class of people that maybe this happens to. Maybe it doesn't happen in a wealthy suburb. Maybe it doesn't happen with someone who's highly educated. I'm here to tell you that nothing could be further from the truth. It does happen. When this happened to me, I lived in a very wealthy suburb of Boston. I have a master's degree. I have a, you know, I make six figures. I'm a very high functioning, capable person. I had no clue what I had gotten myself into. I met this person through a mutual friend and the relationship accelerated very quickly. It was at a time in my life where, you know, my children were virtually grown and I'd been single for a long time and I had a good career going and maybe the one thing that was missing in my life was a nice relationship. He was very seductive and very charming and someone who brought me flowers, sent me cards, paid a huge amount of attention to me and I just thought I was on cloud nine. The relationship remained very intensely passionate and fun and special and romantic for definitely all of the first year. Now that I'm a number of years beyond that, I can look back into things that happened in even the first month or two that had I not been so smitten, probably the little light should have gone off in my head, but it didn't. Very early on in the relationship, a friend that I had spent some time with in a prior relationship contacted me just to check in and I innocently shared the story not to elicit any specific response but just to say oh this friend of mine from the past got in touch with me etc well my partner called this friend and said you know if you ever talk to her again if you ever get in touch with her if you ever contact her I will make sure that you never get up the next day I really should have said, wow, that's a pretty strong reaction to something like this. But at the time, I let it go. Then I received an anonymous letter from someone that my partner had had a previous relationship with. And it it sounded like it came from a jealous ex-lover, but in parts it accused him of being abusive. I wasn't even really sure what that accusation meant, but I did question it. I sat down, I said, look, I got this letter. It came kind of in a funky way. And what is this? What does this mean? And he said, this is someone that I had a relationship with in the past. And she just was a crazy person. And so, you know what? I accepted the explanation yet again. I would say that things really started to shift subtly at about the one year mark. The first thing that I noticed is he became very critical of me. Things like my appearance. My hair all of a sudden wasn't long enough and shouldn't I grow it more? And I needed prescription glasses at that point. And well, wouldn't you look better with contacts? And I don't think you should wear that if you're going downtown. I don't want anyone to see you wearing that. Then it sort of graduated into not sorting the clothes the right way. I want my socks next to my this and that color with this color and don't mix and match 
at night after dinner, if I left a glass in the sink, he would get very upset with me. What if I get up in the middle of the night to get a glass of water and there's a glass in the sink and I don't see it and I knock it over and it breaks? I'm a busy person. I don't always remember everything. But you know what? I did it. I trained myself. I got to the point where I never left a glass out. I had them all loaded in the dishwasher the right way. And a couple months goes by and he starts, I didn't know this at the time, getting up in the middle of the night and taking the glasses out of the dishwasher and putting them back in the sink. So I would get up in the morning and I would come downstairs and I would be, oh my gosh, I'm losing my mind. And he would say to me, you're going through menopause. You just, you have no memory of what you're doing. So he would reinforce this sense that I was losing it. When someone does that to you, you become so vulnerable because you question everything. And as you become vulnerable, you become more dependent. I had been a single parent for a long time. I had three children at the time that I met him. Two were in college. So even though I have a very successful career and I, you know, I make pretty good money. I didn't own a house. I didn't have, you know, a huge 401k. He would say things to me like, but who's going to take care of you when you get older and you have nothing to show for yourself. So I took a lot of that to heart and I actually went out and got a second job. Ironically, what ended up happening is that it worked. I was financially gaining all kinds of ground. But at the same time, he hated that I had a second job. At this point, I had given up a lot of control in the relationship. He was handling all my finances. He was making a lot of decisions for me that I had never allowed anyone else to make for me. It's kind of hard to describe. This is happening slowly over a period of a year and then two years and then three years and it gets you off your game. In 2006, we had two incidents that took the relationship from what had prior been verbal and emotional abuse to physical abuse. My daughter and I were going to Florida for like a mother-daughter long weekend and at that point I knew that I was unhappy at times I wanted to use the time in Florida to sort of reevaluate where I was in the relationship and so I said when I get back I'd really like to talk about some things and he just you know no everything's fine what is there to talk about so he got mad and he huffed out of his chair and went into another room and shut the door. So I went over to the door after a few minutes because I felt bad and I really wanted to make up and I didn't want to go away for the weekend feeling this disconnect. And I knocked on the door and I said, please come out and talk to me and let's just try to resolve this. And I begged him to come out. And he grew silent. And I became really very worried. I thought, well, you know, maybe he's gone in there and he's, you know, he's going to kill himself. He came out of the room at one point and didn't say anything to me, ran downstairs, came back up, went back in the room, shut the door. And of course, now at this point, I'd seen him and I really was like, come out and talk to me, please. And I'm begging. And he had gone downstairs and gotten a hammer and a box of nails. 
and he nailed himself shut in that room. And I don't mean like one or two nails. I mean, he nailed the entire door into the casing. It seemed like incredibly unstable behavior to me. How do you react to that? You know, it's like midnight, your 16-year-old daughter's downstairs screaming her brains out crying because she's so afraid. And I don't know what to do. I didn't know. So we ended up getting in a car. We went to a hotel. And we did ultimately go on the trip. I did talk to him over the phone over the weekend, and I was the bad guy. A month later, I had been at my job waitressing. I came home, and he was very unhappy that I had been working, and we went to bed, and I thought, you know, maybe he's right. If I really want this relationship to work, I should give up the second job. So I rolled over and I I started rubbing his back and I said, you know, I'm ready to talk about this. He rolled over, didn't say anything, sat up in the bed, suddenly literally picked me up and threw me down onto the floor. Didn't say a word. So I got up and I went over and... I looked at him and I said, what are you doing? He looked at me. It was a rage. It was like a caged animal. I've never seen anything like it. He put his hands out, put them around my throat, and just started pushing me out of the room. Just pushing. No words. And he was pushing me towards the landing where the stairs are. Fortunately, I was able to sort of catch myself about halfway down, but I was hurt at this point. I was bleeding. I was wearing nothing other than a T-shirt. I mean, we'd been in bed. And really more importantly than that, I did not have my glasses on. And I cannot see, you know, near or far without glasses. So I thought I need to crawl back up these stairs and go into the bedroom and get my glasses so I can get in my car and leave. And that's what I started to do. And so I'm knocking on the door and saying, you know, let me in, and all I want are my glasses, and I will leave. Let me in. Nothing. So I start pushing on the door, and he's on the other side, pushing back, making sure I can't come in. He can't, he's not saying anything, nothing. Now, at this point, I've, I've got my hand inside, so he's jamming the door against my hand. Now I'm screaming. As silly as this sounds, this is the first time it dawned on me, I need help. I need to call the police. So I did. I called the police. I hadn't really owned what was happening to me, and I hadn't gotten to the place where I was ready to deal with it. I ultimately stayed in the relationship with him for over another year before I was finally able to leave for the last time. I guess I really want to emphasize how hard it is to leave when so much has been taken away. I had become very questioning of myself. He did that to me, and I'm a strong person. I know for me, for a long time, I knew I needed to dig in deep inside me and find the tools, the strength. I knew I knew I had everything down there somewhere that I needed to pull myself out of this, but it just becomes so hard to access it. You need to listen to your gut. 
if it doesn't feel right, it's probably not right.